0: hello and welcome to the slaughtered land and movies by minute podcast of the 1981 john landis written and directed horror classic an american werewolf in london i'm your host troy and this is my co-host adrian and we'd like to thank you for joining us on this journey at this particular moment I need to know. I
1: need to know if all you people listening, if you would realize that you were left the road (laughs) and were walking across the grass, like it wouldn't you would not notice a difference. I need to know if this is a plausible thing because I can't figure it out. Thank you.
0: So this particular minute we're breaking down is minute number. I don't
1: remember. Did we just do thirteen? So this must be fourteen.
0: There you go. All right. That's how math works. That's how numbers go. In order. It is. Yes. All right, so we're going to be watching and breaking down minute 14. So, minute 14 starts off with.
1: Oh, these idiots who don't know that they've left the road.
0: Well, wait a sec. Let me give the capsulized review of the (laughs) beginning. I I know, I know. It's your most. (laughs) It's your stumbling block of this whole entire movie. Yes.
1: I can't
0: understand it. Well, if (laughs) you. Anyways, never mind. I'll get back to that in a minute. Okay, so this minute starts off with, it's a cold and a wet out here. And it ends with the boy questioning. Did you hear that? What was it? There was. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, Dare, uh, Dare, castle. So briefly at the very beginning is the end of the boys, now trapped in the rain, singing Santa Maria, and David using his best... Fake Italian accent.
1: To complain that it's cold and wet.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, then, meanwhile, back at the, back at the slaughtered lamb, <laughs> uh, the barmaid is uh, hopeful that the uh, boys will be safe in the rain. And everyone definitely looks very down and glum. Well, I
1: don't think anybody has much hope for these boys being safe in the rain. Well, I, think she's, I think she's saying it because she would by saying it, she will make it so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a quick question for you from the last minute. Huh? What was the condition of the moon? It was full. And it was being uncovered. Now okay. all of a sudden it's raining?
1: Well. The, I mean, yeah. it did uncover pretty quickly, so the... Yeah, exactly. The, the, the I mean, powerful wind...
0: Yeah, so uh, the chess player again played by Brian Glover,
1: dude with no shiny pink.
0: Yeah, uh, points out that uh, no one brought them there, and how they weren't wanted. And then the the barmaid snaps that they uh, could have told them. And the uh, the the dart player snaps back at her and said, "What did you think they'd say?"
1: Well, quite honestly, they asked, so I think these guys' argument is, psh, Yeah, they, you asked, think... they asked what it was, so why didn't they, they could have just answered them.
0: Yeah, but, so, yeah, exactly, but their, like, pride is getting in their way, like, what do they think, they, yeah, these strangers, what do they, well, what yeah, would they think the if it was of all about yeah, the death people is much and... better than looking yeah, a little exactly, bit foolish. exactly, exactly.
1: I don't care much for the patrons of this pub.
0: All right, And after, uh, after that, uh, the, uh, the pub f- falls even more silent than it was before. And then all of a sudden, our first wolf howl of the, t- of the movie. Okay, so the sound that they put together, the sound developers for American War from London put together... Sound engineers. Sound engineers, yes. Put together uh, the wolf howl from several different sounds, including a wolf, a lion... Panther and even a locomotive. Yeah. And then the uh some other sounds you hear in there are actually a pig farm that is actually recorded from a distance and they mixed it all together. So the reason they did it as you just asked. Or you didn't ask, because I wasn't recording when you asked. Mm. But that's how that goes. But you'd asked that because they basically wanted to make a sound that you hadn't heard before
1: oh okay, okay so then. it and they were didn't like okay, sound... how many how, what are the maximum amount of noises we can put in here and have it still sound like a wolf let's find out i say nine
0: <laughs> well it's just like um what is it the um like the 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 dinosaur roar from the t-rex in jurassic park is like a lion and and like a bunch of other things as well i'm just saying it seems excessive yes yeah but this is 81 so they had to be different
1: the cocaine makes everybody excessive
0: yeah yeah (laughs) so that the uh with the sound of the wolf being heard outside in the distance the barmaid's, her, like, her head snaps up, and her eyes are really wide. And she whispers, listen. And then you hear a second howl. Did you hear that? And the dart player, like, deflatedly sits down. Right? Everyone's, like, really... What's the word? It's, they really How look. are you
1: able to say listen without replying to yourself? Do you smell something?
0: <laughs> it is... It is kind of hard not to. I should think. Yes. Good old Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> um, which is connection to John Landis. Mm-hmm. Previous is, yeah. mm-hmm. Uh Let's see here. Um, so yeah, the, the dart player sits down. Uh, the bar me- made pleads for them to assist the boys. And the <gasps> chess player denies hearing anything. Yeah, he's
1: a doofus.
0: Yeah, but his face definitely projects a different story. Yeah, because uh,
1: he's okay. It's called guilt,
0: doofus. Yes. Then there's another howl, and regrettably, the dart player also agrees that he didn't hear anything either.
1: Well, I mean, did you see his face? Yeah. He wouldn't agree it anyway. What do you mean? He, he would even if everybody was like, "Yeah, we heard it." He would have been like, "No, I didn't." You could tell just by looking at them. Oh, page. yeah, that's what I
0: mean. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they're both set at this. Yeah. So, meanwhile, back on the moors. <laughs> Not on the road. Back on the moors.
1: No, <laughs> Because they don't know the difference between grass and gravel.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the fact that it's no longer raining again.
1: Well, I mean, but there are in England.
0: Yes. And so there's like 45 second showers. Is that what it is?
1: Well, it could be rolling rain.
0: Rolling rain, yeah. I've never experienced English weather, so I don't know.
1: It seemed like a. Actually, yeah, no. You can have that rain, like rain that comes down quite heavily for a very short amount of time.
0: Okay. It
1: happens here, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess it does. Yeah, I guess. So, um.
1: Especially in Oakville, when everyone else has a storm and we have, like, three drops of rain.
0: That's true, too. Yeah, with the weird Oakville weather patterns. Basically, we got uh, the boys back in the moors. The rain has stopped. And, uh, however, the, their their jackets are definitely soaked. They are wet. They are definitely wet. But their pants don't seem to be.
1: Their jeans, though. Yeah, Jeans well. look the same when they're wet and when they're dry. Mm-hmm. They just don't feel good when they're wet. No, they definitely don't. They still no. look the same.
0: Yeah, that's that's for sure.
1: Oh, their hair is really wet.
0: Yeah, they are definitely. Yeah, they are definitely. And drenched. you can see their. And breaths. You can totally see their breaths, and their noses are like completely red. So these these.
1: They kind of look like hobbits.
0: Kind of look like hobbits.
1: Look at oh, you hair. mean that the
0: hair, yeah. the way the hair is and all that? Yeah, and they're okay. all like
1: yeah. kind of, and like they just, and yeah. they look kind of tired. And
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. He yeah. totally
1: could be a hobbit. Griffin Dunn? Yes.
0: You see, Griffin Dunn is a hobbit?
1: Really? Look, right there. Does that, that totally looks like a hobbit.
0: 1981, Griffin Dunn. I, yeah, I can see what you're saying. Looks like it a looks hobbit. Like a yeah. Hobbit. Well, yeah, okay, if you think about it, he could definitely do the Frodo. Yeah, he could totally
1: do the Frodo. And definitely. then right there, <laughs>
0: David Naughton could, <laughs> yes, exactly, David Naughton could totally be Sam. Yeah. That is true, yeah, that's a good point. Yes. In this particular way, they're all set up, yeah. yeah.
1: He's, oh, come on now, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> <Just a laughs> Mr. Few, Frodo, sir. So... Yeah. And Mr. Frodo is saying, are you sure we're still on the road? Okay.
0: <laughs> they stop, they, they're they walking along they're, like I said, the rain's no longer going anymore but uh, they stop in their path when they hear a distant howl and then Jack questions the sound if he heard it and then David confirms uh, and like we said, you can definitely see that they're, they're cold because you can definitely make out their breaths for sure and then to end off the minute Jas- Jack asks what was it? and that's where we end on that minute so there was something you wanted to ask the people out there that are listening. If they want to send us a message.
1: Oh, yeah. From the last time. From the last minute. Yeah. You, yeah. I would love to know what your favorite werewolf movies are. Yeah. Because mine is Blood and Chocolate.
0: Yeah. Send us a send us a message. We'd be interested in see what's out there for what people like werewolf-wise.
1: Uh, and my... And and also, my kind of werewolves are the kind of werewolves that Kelly Armstrong writes about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, that appear in such movies as.
1: Kelly Armstrong is a TV. Her that's, book, her books was TV.
0: That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. No,
1: but werewolves make good books.
0: No, werewolves do make good books. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, and that brings us to the end of that minute.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Now I'm going to turn into a sleepy pumpkin.
0: Yes, because it is very late, and we mm-hmm. should both be ending this up. Okay, we'll wrap this up in a minute.
1: Look at those wet,
0: wet jackets. Those jackets are very wet.
1: Oh, I hope they're waterproof because wet down.
0: I, do, any... I was just about to ask you, like,
1: they should be. One
0: looks a, a lot puffier than the other. This doesn't is it? a
1: really puffy one.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, in in um,
0: David Notton's the red one is definitely puffy. In um. Griffin's done just doesn't look no, like
1: no, but I mean.
0: Which is kind of neat, because they didn't they're go not. out and buy identical jackets to make them... No,
1: they don't They don't even look like they're the same
0: make. Yeah, exactly.
1: But, or they could have done what they did to Mila's um, down coat, her noblest coat, and taken the uh, down out so that
0: she wouldn't be puffy. Oh, right, yes, yes. I was like, where are you going with this? Oh, right, for Resident Evil, yeah, wasn't it? Resin- yes.
1: one, yeah, the Resident Evil, they, for the um, Arctic... Arctic the Arctic scene. scenes, yes. Uh, they were the noblest coats, but they had yeah. hers was actually like a custom
0: tailored to.
1: It wasn't actually like so everybody but, was wearing noblest coats, right? Okay, but then they made her special, and then they removed more of the most of the down from it, so that right. it would be so that it would fit be more form fitting, right? Yes. But basically, they made her her own version of the noblest oh, Okay, okay, because I thought it Novice was they jacket. took.
0: They took one of the jackets and altered it to fit her properly. Mm -hmm. They just made one in the style of. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. They
1: made her own one, and they had less, and then they removed the down.
0: So welcome to the Resident Evil minute. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. (laughs) No, that's how things go. No, it's just that's how things go. Yeah, exactly.
1: Down and jackets. Okay, so like jackets and costumes. Those are like things I like. So, exactly. when it's costumes and jackets, the jackets are costumes. I yep.
0: tend to pay attention. Yep. All right. So that's the end of uh, minute fourteen. Yes. All right. Hey, this is Troy. I'm just dropping off this little bit of a editorial edit. Well, um, something I had uh, come up with uh, actually doing research for the next few minutes while I was editing this one, and uh, while doing that research which was comprised of listening to other movie-by-minute podcasts, it seems uh, pointed out that the early horror films of the 1930s, uh, vis-a-vis the Universal Monsters, that they had very little music in them, and even absent of any score music, which is like what uh, John Landis had done for this movie. Elmer Bernstein's score for the total of this 97-minute uh, uh, movie totals just around seven minutes of classically scored music, which is Landis's homage to those early classics. And when the modern music uh, pops in, uh, it's just John Landis being John Landis. Previous movies of his are littered with all, in quotes, modern music, that exists in both the film and the soundtrack. On the commentary track, Griffin Dunn points out that the line, It's a cold and a wet out here, was made up by David. And after a bit of laughing, uh, David Naughton concludes that you won't find that in the script. On that particular night, when Jack gets killed, Griffin points out. How physically grueling it was. When in the movie David and Jack hear and question about the wolf howl, David Notton points out that at that time there was no sound. According to the script, back in the pub, the chess player is a little more angry at the no one brought them here part because he prefaces it. With slamming his hand on the table, and the direction is that the line is supposed to be shouted. Plus, just before the first wolf howl, the barmaid points out that the rain has subsided. Everything else mirrors the film. In the radio drama, for the conversation about the situation that the pub patrons find themselves in. Is a lot more heated almost shouting from the three separate characters plus the line about he knows better than to come back here from the chess player and the dart players agreeance the barmaid practically calls out George who we now know as the chess player for not going after them and that he's the special constable and that is it is his job to do that George reflects that they'll be fine if they stay on the roads Then he reiterates how they all agreed that they wouldn't get involved this time. Then the barmaid interjects with her uh, observation about the wolf howl, and from that point on, the rest of the radio drama plays out like the film. And on that note, looks like we've come to the end of today's episode of Welcome to the Slaughtered Lamb. Thanks for hanging out for this particular minute. And we would like you to, if you could be so kindly to do, is to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll get all the notifications for each new episode. Also, if you want to share and rate and review, that would be cool too. And if you want to follow this podcast on the social medias, you can check out Planet Geek Pod, all one word, on Instagram and Twitter. Plus, you can send an email to at gmail.com if you want to contact us that way so until next time remember keep off the moors stick to the roads and best of luck